Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the last Mountain West Wire our football podcast. MWWire.com is where you can find all of our content, written content. So like the podcast, thank you for your first time joining us. You're like, what is this football? It's January. There's not much going on. Ha, fools. We always have football, right, Matt? Always. The offseason never ends. With the portal, which we're going to talk about today, is the thing. Spring football is probably going to start sooner than later for like – was it Air Force and Aztecs about to start pretty early? They tend to. I know New Mexico over the last couple of years has tended to start pretty early too. So I'm still trying. I'm still trying to find exact dates, but uh, you know, as things come up, you know, we will try our best to do like you know burning questions that we have going into spring ball and other things along those lines at mwire.com, including nonsense, right? Yeah, <laughs> nonsense is what it's football nonsense, not non-football nonsense so we'll get into all that stuff and we'll we'll have some random stuff we do off season to keep our being engaged our one super not super nonsense show is is march exodus whatever that's going to be this year and that's a few months down the road at least uh, well maybe not six, six no weeks, actually perhaps. not the bracket is already out what how, how are you yeah. just now learning us and not tweeting up a storm on on our an mwc wire matt i mean i've got like a, one thing at a time 
I, I, I got to get at least a couple of weeks to to sort of gear up for that. I think I'm looking at what's the I know the genre has been out since last April or March, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna look what it is now. I'm searching. I'm googling it. March. Oh, I guess still March Fatness pops up, but that's not the real thing. Yeah, I mean, if if around. you want, if you want sort of the inside look before we do the deep dive into it, probably sometime in February, uh, you can see it for yourself at March Xness. That's M A R C H X N E S S dot com. I'm already a fan. It's '80s one hit wonders. This will be amazing yes. and terrible at the same time. There are oh and not for the first I mean, time. I think they they think they've done they did March Fadness uh back in 2017, actually. I remember that fadness, was 90s one hit wonders. Maybe that's what it was. Cause like, why is fadness pop up? I thought it could have been just that good good old SEO that they had from before. But yeah. there there's going to be lots. Of, I'm just gonna take a quick look real quick. I'm not gonna mention any songs, go check it out yourself. But it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. I can already tell. It's gonna be great. So that is correct. We do a we do random. If we're talking about this now, because we do a random podcast, just because why not? And yeah, that's what we'll be doing down the road. But for today's show, we're going to do portal stuff, and I'm gonna make Matt, who doesn't like this, I think, to make bold predictions for next show already. Because you're probably not the fan <laughs> of that. Because you want you want more info than less, right? <laughs> Uh, that's that's my tendency, yeah. Uh, especially since you know we're going to be talking about the portal, uh, while also recognizing that the portal is going to open up again sometime later in the spring for a couple more weeks. So yes, it'll be it's May one through May fifteen, so it's a two week period. Yeah. So for those guys who go through spring football, I'm like, well, maybe I really don't want to be here. There's another there's another chance to move and make more movement and repeat myself, but transfer, or go to different school, find a better situation. You may find your player may find himself going down on the depth chart instead of up or stagnant. And we'll see who those could be down the road. But and also it should be noted, players could say they're going to the portal like Dante Wright's a big one. We'll probably discuss. He left early in the season for Colorado State. He could not announce he could not well, he could announce, but he can't officially do it until whenever the portal period opened up in December. However, Matt, we all know there's always obviously conversations when he says in the portal, even though he can't enter his name, he was still getting talked to by the schools, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you know that totally happened, right? With, with, uh, oh, yeah. uh, what's his name from Washington State? Oh, Durkin. And you got guys from Pat Narduzzi who blames everybody and everything about the portal. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But we're going to start off with, what do you want to do, biggest losses for teams? Is that kind of how you want to do this a little bit? Yeah, and maybe talk a little bit about some of the big pickups as well. Let's just go alphabetical order. And so, if you're if you're wondering where we're reading this off of, Matt's done a very good job. He's done probably I'll say ninety seven point nine percent of this work for portal names. I and others on our staff kind of hey, here's a name here, 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 there you missed, but Matt's doing the gigantic most work of putting in where these guys are going or leaving. So check out it's a pinned article on our page. It has Hank Bachmeyer is going to. Was it La Tech now? Is that where you end up going? Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. So check that big picture page. It's pinned on there for a while. It will be until, I don't know, May 16th, whenever the portal ends. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we're going to have it up for another little while. Yeah. So it'll still be up there. It'll be probably not as updated because players aren't going to announce at the moment because not season and all that. But check out that for all the – page one is leaving, page two is coming. So we start with Air Force. One of the biggest loss, it's easy to say, it's got to be Hazeek Daniels, right? The quarterback. Yeah. Which, again, we talked about this on a previous podcast. So it's through no fault of the Falcons' own. He's just, he's leaving as a graduate transfer. 
in the same way that Isaiah Sanders did a few years ago. Yeah, it's and Isaiah Sanders went to Stanford. I don't think he did much of anything at Stanford. I think Tanner he was a backup McKee, when he was at Stanford, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird he goes when there's Tanner McKee, he's like a future NFL guy, or at least that's what the word is. So he there's no word, I'm assuming no word on where Daniels is going at the moment, correct? Uh nothing that I've seen, no. So when we look at him going, Air Force typically, and they lose a lot. We were not against all what they're losing, like Brad Roberts and other players on this team. Quarterback is a position where it's like, okay, what do they got? Because it's usually, I'm not going to say it's easy to replace that guy, but it's going to be an athletic player, obviously. They run the run option attack, not triple option. Don't get that confused because they'll get mad at you if you call it that. They don't necessarily need to throw all that much. However, it would be nice to be able to do it. Daniels and like Donald Hammond or like Tim Jefferson did years ago. If you can mm-hmm. throw the ball just enough just to get, they always had that one big receiver or tight end who gets 20 plus yards per catch. So mm-hmm. do you recall like Matt, who's like, who's the front runner? Cause they had a, there was only a, a Zeke Daniels was pretty healthy the whole year. It wasn't like the past couple of years where they don't mm-hmm. accept to rotate here and there just because of injuries or, or other yeah, reasons for not playing. It's hard to tell. Yeah, we, I, I feel like right? we talk about this at least once every year where, you know, when you're a team like the Falcons, you know, you want to make sure that you have a, a viable plan B just because, you know, when you're playing quarterback in that offense, you're going to inevitably take a lot of hits. So in sort of re-scanning the, the roster from 2022, you know, there are three names that I think are probably going to be in competition with one another going forward. Um, you know, Zach Larrier, who, you know, also doubles as uh, as part of the track team at the Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks are really high on him as a, as a speed option type of guy. And, you know, he saw, a, he saw a, a small bit of playing time throughout the year. He was banged up off and on, but he definitely looked explosive when he had the ball in his hands. Uh, and then beyond him, there's also Ben Britton, who I think saw most of the playing time as Daniels' primary backup this year. Uh, and I believe also Jensen Jones will be back for 2023 as well. So it's yeah, not like they don't play. have options, but you know, coming off of, a, what, a four-year stretch where the Falcons have gotten exceptional quarterback play, I would say, from Daniels and Hammond, yeah, you know, it's at least turning over a new chapter is uh, it's it's going to be uh, one of those sort of it, it may not be like the, the the highest profile competition in the Mountain West. But, you know, considering the year that they just had, it's definitely going to be one that's worth watching. Yeah, I mean, the, these guys are all I think most are upperclassmen. And so they've been around. They just haven't seen the field very much. Yes. Which we don't know. Like sometimes, like when Dan- Daniels came in, when Hammond was playing, like here or there, so he played some games. We kind of knew who he was. So this will be one of the first time in like, like said four to five years where the quarterback, like, a, they're not sure of who they are, and B, how good they're going to be because Falcons are on a stretch of ten winning ten games in the season for the mm-hmm. past couple of years, and so that'll be, it'll be a. There's a lot of other quarterback. Well, I'm trying to think about the other teams that quarterback competitions, but as for replacing a quarterback, it's this and. Jay Kaner, pretty big deal to replace starting quarterbacks of elite teams of conference. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a pretty big deal. So this is, I, this is clearly, unless I'm missing some, this is clearly their biggest loss, right? For Air Force. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost a bunch of people from like, you know, the prep class and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that that is more or less sort of par for the course with what the Falcons have uh, 
have done year over year. Like it, I don't, I mean, it'll, it remains to be seen like whether they also will have lost somebody like they lost Tylen Hines to Hawaii last year, last sure. year. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about him uh, a little bit. I wrote about him recently uh, over at MWR.com as being like a, a small sample guy that showed a lot of promise. So, you know, obviously we'll have to sort of wait and see, you know, where some other guys end up. But of the of the guys who have landed in other destinations so far, you know, when you're talking about some, you know, some very far flung places, like, you know, linebacker Tyler Brown ended up at Tuskegee, for example. Um, and another guy ended up at, too, it seems like yeah indiana wesleyan which is naia fcs uh juco ranks so it seems like you know all things considered like while the falcons don't have the advantage of dipping into the transfer portal like everybody in the mountain west they also really haven't been ding you know damaged by it all that much over the last couple of years either yeah, because they're gonna get they're gonna get zero players. That's already kind of yeah known. They're not gonna get anybody because you can't essentially. And so it's not it's almost like Stanford a bit, but you can't even get anybody in there. So it's when they what they lose, they lose. But also trust Troy Calhoun and what he does, there's gonna be probably some drop off, but very minimal, I'm guessing, because what he does is goes above and beyond for him. well, how well he coaches, he's literally there's a reason why Coaches and teams want him for Denver Broncos wanted him years ago. Tennessee wanted him. All these high-profile gigs. I think Colorado wanted him for a point. Want want him to be there because he, he was former NFL coach with the Bills. I want to say, geez, what fifteen mm-hmm. years ago now, like their OC or something like that. But he, so he's a guy. He gets his name. His name is brought up. Like, no, I'm good. And he hasn't been brought up in a while because they're probably he's getting a bit older and just he's always said no to other bigger programs. And so he's one does one of the best coaching jobs in the country for what, based on what you work with and what you're able to do and recruit. That's one of the harder jobs out there, and he's over exceeding them from almost any any in every aspect. Yeah, exactly. What do we got next for Boise State? Who do you think is it? Just our is it Hank or is it or Bachmeyer or anybody else that's a bigger loss? I mean, you might have said Bachmeyer coming into the season if he hadn't lost the job after four games. True. I think a lot of the bigger losses for the Broncos, at least for right now, are probably on the defensive side of the ball if they're anywhere. You know, having think, lost um, both Isaiah Bagnaugh and Jackson Cravens, for example, to BYU. And their linebackers coach, too, going to BYU as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that depth has definitely taken a hit as well. You know, even you know more you know bit players like you know Devin Wright ended up at Texas State. Um, Andy Mwako, Mwako, you know, just recently hit the transfer portal. But I think the upside is, you know, the Broncos haven't always had a need to tap into the transfer portal that often. They definitely made it count last year, you know, with a couple of, of big pickups. And the good news is that they've also picked up three defensive linemen from the from the portal as well. You know, they got Shorten Newton from Northern Arizona, who I think, you know, based on track record is probably the 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 biggest new arrival you know, over the last couple of seasons, he's had, you know, five sacks, nine TFLs. He's been, you know, a, a, a solid contributor for the lumberjacks down there in Flagstaff. But I think that the more interesting names that I'm, I'm very interested to see how they, you know, integrate themselves into, into Spencer Danielson's defense, Tyler Weggis coming in from Utah and Kaivon Wright coming in from Boston college. 
Yeah, well, I guess Utah, like he never saw the field very much, so it's like, well, yeah, he could. I mean, he if, could be one let's of those put it this way: like, if minute, either but... of those guys could be like eighty percent of what George Tarlis was, you know, before he got knocked out for the season with injury, I think Boise State fans are going to be very happy with with uh, Andy Avalos's uh, hunt through the transfer portal. Yeah, just replacing the depth is a big deal. Like, I think you're right. Newton will be the guy to come in to make the most noise or be the most out of this group. As of as it stands right now, here in the third week of January, but we'll see. They got got guys from from bigger programs, like Colorado, Wisconsin, Boston College. The receiver is you got Chase Pendry from Colorado, and then uh, Titus Tuller, DB from Wisconsin. So they're coming from bigger programs. So at some point, these players were considered scholarship athletes at a Power Five level, and so that's a pretty big get for Boise State, even if it doesn't always pan out, because it doesn't always. Mm-hmm. But replacing the depth is good. It's only five, what, one, two, three, five players right now. Obviously, they don't need a quarterback because what they have right, right Taylor Green right now is a freshman, so there's no need for that to replace Bachmeyer's off to lose hand tech. It's just replacing what they lost, and we'll see what the bodies add up to it. Plus, you got the incoming class and all that type of stuff. But they did lose, like, the number they lost was a good amount, but what, 15 players looks like, I believe, a couple off of linemen, but a lot of them outside. Like the only ones moving up, I would say, because even going to BYU, that's a slight move up just because they're going to the Big Twelve and everything. But then the only other guy going up to a higher level is uh, to Tyne Hopper tied into Michigan State. Everybody yeah. else is either unknown or going to like Central Oklahoma or like other names at least noted here in Mexico State. A couple of guys or like in Bachmeyer to Conference USA. So overall, it's like again, you're right. Bachmeyer would would have been you thought a biggest loss, but right now it's like eh, okay. They already have the quarterback, so it's not a huge loss after we've seen what Green did for what eight games this year, eight nine mm-hmm. games. So yeah, they're that's they're doing okay, right? Nothing crazy. Yeah, I think they're doing fine. What do we say about Colorado State? Who, uh, well, their portal was weird, right? I mean, they definitely early undergone. Yeah, they've definitely undergone a similar sort of upheaval to what they did last year, but I don't think it's as, as extensive as it was last year. Like they had the trickle of, of players sort of leaving throughout the season. You know, guys like you know Taiwan Francis and, and Dante Wright, coincidentally, both of whom ended up at Temple. Um, you know, Melquan Stovall ended up at Arizona State. You know, they lost a couple of uh, offensive linemen who looked like they were going to be, you know, pieces of the future like you know uh george mickey Hahn interestingly ended up in lindenwood i believe is a, a division a, an fcs team um yes. you know ty mcculloch ended up at montana state so like they've lost big loss on paper like they've lost a lot but at the same time you know they've they've continued to be as aggressive about bringing players in from the portal too also age so, on slightly a big loss and running back slightly yeah. So, you know, for example, you know, they brought in, you know, Dallin Hochler, Holker from BYU, be, you know, potentially big t- uh, tight end uh, that, target. That's going to, that's going to be huge because before he was, it was weird why he even left this year at BYU because they had this guy, Isaac Rex, who was hurt all year. Like he was their main tight end. And I, it's, it was still kind of a mystery. Like I'm just done. Like it was like week four of the season. It was early on. And he's like, I'm out of here. And that was when BYU was playing quite well. So that could be one of the biggest pickups in the whole conference. And the way CSU is used tight ends, I know it's new head coach and everything, but they've had pretty good tight ends the past couple of years. And so that could be one of the bigger ones in the whole conference, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you know, beyond that, you know, they they definitely picked up offensive line prospects. You know, one interesting trend that I think UNLV we'll talk more about in a minute. You really, you know, exemplified last year, and I think Colorado State's trying to do the same thing. They're really tapping into the lower levels to find some interesting talents too. So, like for example, I'm thinking about the offensive line prospects that the Rams picked up over the transfer portal. So, like Oliver Jervis from Monmouth and Drew Moss from Lamar, for example. I'm very mm-hmm. interested to see how those guys moving up a level, and and they're not alone in that regard too. Like you know, I think uh, the Rams picked up majority one two three like at least half a dozen different players who played at like the fcs level or the division two level or or things like that yeah i'm very interested to see how that all comes together because it did work out pretty well for the rebels this past year with guys like preston nichols and guys like that Mm -hmm. but you know obviously it's a it's it's sort of a, a step up i guess you might say from those lower levels but you know if it all works out as envisioned you know, the Rams might be on a fast track to being, you know, a lot more competitive in 2023. It could be. The only thing I'm slightly concerning, I don't have the recruiting class in front of me, so I can't base off that, but they lost three big-time receivers, at least guys who could have been contributed quite a well and did, contributed well and did. Their replacement is Don Holker and Keontae Lanier from New Mexico. It's like, okay, fine. That's the, like, it's unlike the Boise Stadium where they, yeah, replaced a bunch of defense linemen and they lost. I know it's not always going to get player for player, but those three guys were talented players in Austin receiving group. Like, right? Even though he didn't get the ball much, there's talent there. And then who was the McCulloch? And who was the other receiver that was, saw time block? Um, who was it? Shoot. Was there one more or was there just two? But there was. Are you talking about the guys that they lost? Yeah. Stovall. Yeah. They lost a couple of guys. Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah. The guys they lost, not that like Wright didn't get much playing time, which is weird. And there can be a million reasons besides we don't know exactly why, if it was not having playing time or position on the team or whatever. Those are some big names they lost for what we've seen them in the past, not just this year. So it's like a slight concern I have for a replacement with just two pass catchers and only one who's should be good or really good, actually, with Holker. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, what about your Fresno State Bulldogs, Matt? What are they they needing here? Or what they lose? I so guess, interestingly, right 
they haven't been that active as far as bringing players in. True. But to, to go back to what you mentioned very briefly a few minutes ago about, you know, Jake Keener being another one of the big quarterbacks to place to, yeah, to replace in the conference. You know, they did pick up a pretty big quarterback recruit of their own through the transfer portal in Mikey Keene from UCF. And, you know, we, 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 you know, we've made a lot of jabs about the Knights over the past few years. Um, Always. But, you know, you go, ba- you go back and you look at, you know, what he was able to accomplish with them. And, like, he has starting experience, which I think is, you know, going to make him, you know, instantly viable as a starting candidate. But, you know, when he had time to, you know, play both last year and this year, you know, he answered the bell when Dylan Gabriel got hurt early last year. Uh, you know, 63% completion rate, 17 touchdowns against six interceptions as a freshman, mind you. And then, you know, though he only played in four games this year behind uh, John Reese Plumley, again, stepped up when he saw the field, answered the bell, 72% completion rate, you know, almost eight yards per attempt, six touchdowns, one interception. And and maybe he knew that, you know, the, the starting job wasn't going to be his in Orlando the same way that, you know, I'm assuming the same logic that Gabriel used to, to transfer to Oklahoma last year. So you have to think that, you know, that factored into his decision and, you know, UCF's loss in this case is the Bulldogs game. No, definitely. Because looking what, because we saw Logan five last year, he was okay. Is he even around or did he graduate too? I forgot I didn't check his status. Is, is Logan what? five still a is Logan Fife still a thing? No, no, no. Logan Fife, I believe, still has another year or two of eligibility. Okay. Okay. So that'll be a good competition because she was not great. Remember, he lost UConn. So that was a problem for the Bulldogs there. So having that competition will be really good for them. And then yeah. the losses are a bit more. Like what? Evan Williams going to Oregon is a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's there. the big one. Josh Kelly also leaving Washington State. That's a pretty big deal as well. So those are the two biggest, biggest ones of Robert Williams, like one of the best defenders. He goes to Oregon, who Pac-12 contender, Bo Nix there could be a dark horse playoff team, national title contender if things go well. So that's a pretty big loss for the for the Bulldogs there and Coach Tedford. Mm-hmm. Where is yeah, Dan's I mean, college? Other than Mads? that, like oh, they, they lost. <laughs> I mean, they, and they, you know, Williams, of course, is the big name, but you know, losing you know other guys like Kale Sanders Jr. to SMU, oh, that might be a too. bigger loss. Um, My MVP pick, come on, man, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, make me look bad. <laughs> but I mean, other, and then you know, they also lost their starting center, Bula Schmidt, to UCF. So um, I guess the, the knights, the knights give and the knights take away in some respects. Um, Leonard Payne, defensive lineman, also left for Colorado. So it's it's definitely going to be a very interesting spring for Fresno State as they look to sort of you know build a roster that's going to mount a serious title defense. And they've got you know the big question as to as to who's going to win the starting quarterback role. But I think there's other questions on both sides of the ball that they're also going to have to address to some extent. Well, it's like quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Yeah, and then and then also two key defenders at least. That's a big deal. That's a. It's going to be a. We'll see. Jeff Tedford really made of this stuff. This go, third time as a head coach. See what he can do. All right, Hawaii. So look at the Warriors. They lost a decent amount, and this is again with um, Timmy Chang's first year. A lot of issues. However, as we you pointed out, I did throughout the year, they were frisky and closer than people thought than what they would be, or better than they thought. They were four and nine, and 
a couple one position games could have been much very close to a bowl being bowl eligible. So when you look at what they're losing overall, losing kind of it's all over the board, mostly defensive backs and a couple quarterbacks like Common Cooper is going to South. What what is Southeastern Louisiana? Is that a D two school FCS school? Uh, no, it's FCS. FCS. Okay, I know there's yeah. yeah I mean, you might recall uh, Chase and Virgil, former Fresno State quarterback. He ended up there. Uh, okay, yeah. and I believe they also, they also had the Walter Payton award winner a couple of years ago as well. Uh, Cole Kelly, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Good for them. That's, so, uh, I mean, they, be... they've got a pretty decent track record of, uh, you know, high flying uh, offenses. And him's not going to pay player him or Connor Oppo just because of Braden Traeger there. What they have yeah. is not going anywhere anytime soon. So like, well, why stick around if I'm not going to play? So depth is going to be concerned. They're losing a couple quarterbacks just because, you know, injuries always happen and what there's always a million different things. And you want depth. Coaches want to keep talent. They don't want to lose guys going different, different locations and losing schools. They did yeah. lose an in-conference player, but kicker Kyle Horvath like, okay, fine kicker, but still losing in state, not in state. Did I say in state, I mean, in conference. So there's mm-hmm. always those weird. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is it still a rule if you transfer within conference, you have to sit out or lose eligibility, or is it like anything else now? I know all the rules. I, yeah, I think it's lately. like everything else now. It's not a big deal. It's still mm-hmm. just your one-time freebie. Mm-hmm. All right, it's making sure. I, hey, rules change all the time. We can't keep. I st- I'm still going to try to figure out who's a con- freaking conference saying for in three years. I have or the new yeah. American like like Charlotte's going to be in the new American. Um, isn't one of the F Florida International Atlantic going to be an American? I don't know. It's going to be a lot of changing going on. So who they gained is I'm more interested in that than they lost really. Just because what they should have done and Timmy Chang should want more wide receivers because what he's doing. You got one guy from Kansas, Stephen McBride. But they brought in a lot. Like, look who they brought in. They brought most of the guys are from better programs than what Hawaii is at the moment. They brought in guys from University of Houston, um, Cal, Kansas, Washington, Wyoming. Like all the, most of the guys, it's like what we mentioned with um, – what was the other school? Um, is it Boise State? Yeah, brought in guys mm-hmm. from like Power Five schools. They're bringing guys who at least one point were considered to be above average or higher level three plus star type athletes. I'm guessing if you're going to like Washington or like Cal, well maybe well maybe not Cal, but point being mm-hmm. they're bringing guys who come from bigger programs. So they brought a couple defense linemen, couple, mostly defensive defense. What they needed help with, I believe, and so they brought yeah. four guys on a defensive line. So I, we'll see what these guys can do. But again, depth of that position because wasn't it? Oh, maybe it's a different school. Was it two years ago that they had like? I know that was Boise State who had literally no defense lineman during the COVID year. My mistake. I'm thinking of some other school. Remember that when they had like, ah, oh, you don't have enough players to play, so games canceled. Mm-hmm. Those are the worst. But bringing in guys like uh, Koala Pihopa from Washington, and it's just all Hawaii needs man is talent, right? Bring in players who played a better programs and see if that can translate to. Just being better. That's all that's all we want for Hawaii to be better because they're gonna be interesting and fun, but they're still like a couple years away from doing anything really special, I guess. I think the the more interesting development to me is who the Warriors have brought in on defense due to transfer yep. portal. Because the, you know, the the one name that we know is Cam Stone, who they swiped from Wyoming. Yep, DB. That's gonna be an in, that's gonna be an upgrade for their secondary right there. For sure, yeah, especially because I think that was the one unit more so than anywhere else where they they really went through a lot of shuffling trying to find the guys who would you know stick in the starting lineup. But they also brought in a ton of help on the defensive line in particular. 
um, you know, Patrick Hisitake coming in from Cal, uh, Kuao Pehopa from Washington, Elijah Robinson from Eastern, uh, from East Carolina. But I think, you know, one interesting guy that I'm sort of, uh, I, I, I think of him as maybe a potential George Charles type, uh, because he's also coming from the big skies, Josh Jerome, who was a longtime veteran in Eastern Washington, you know, had 24 TFLs, 11 and a half sacks in his career with the Eagles. He's been an all-conference type guy in the past. And considering that one of Hawaii's major problems last year was the fact that they often struggled to generate a pass rush, he seems like the kind of guy that they might be able to plug in to be able to help, you know, turn that around right away. You'd hope so, because that's what they kind of needed is a lot of defensive help. So, yeah, if they can make those, the upgrades that like you mentioned, there's still other things to consider, but what they bring back, like, quarterback-wise and receivers, I think defense, especially Stone DB, because, remember, secondary for a while was pretty good, past, really good past couple years. It's just last year it kind of fell apart from, you know, Todd Graham gutting the program to nothing because he wanted Dr. Pepper and cried about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what do we got about for what do we what should we lead off with Nevada? They bring it in. I'm scrolling like multiple scrolls to see all the players they bring in. They bring in lots of running backs, lots of linebackers. They're bringing in everything all over the board, it looks like, for the Wolfpack. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because they've they've brought in a lot of talent from the Pac-12 in particular. You know, it's it's right sort there, of uh, yeah, it's sort of an ongoing j- joke, I would imagine, among Wolfpack fans that they they've, they've brought in in particular so many players from Oregon. Well, where Ken Wilson needs to be coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if, if I remember correctly, and then this probably isn't up to date, but I saw that Chris Murray of Nevada Sportsnet had said that over the last calendar year, something along those lines, uh, eight different Oregon players are now on the Nevada roster. Well, there's three from the portal from what you have here. And it wouldn't surprise yeah. me a bunch yeah. that came from last time. Yeah. From... Sean Dollars running back and then linebackers, Adrian Jackson and, and Jackson LaDuke. But they've also brought in more competition at quarterback. You know, they brought in Brendan Lewis from Colorado, who, you know, before things fell apart for the Buffaloes this year, he was a starter for them last year. Um, you know, brought in Garrett Robinson, wide receiver from Colorado State. So, you know, they brought in a lot of guys that don't necessarily have long track records of production. But, but the, I think the trick is, and I think I'm I'm assuming that sort of their, that was their strategy last year as well, is they're bringing in guys who you know came out of high school with very strong recruiting profiles, guys that still have multiple years of eligibility in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. That you know even if they weren't starters right away in you know, at the Pac-12 level, like that doesn't mean that they can't hack it in the Mountain West. You're like you know, case in point, I, I, the first guy I think of is like Marcus Pomerian, for example. Oh yeah, um, for sure. You know, came in from Oregon State, but you know, left Fresno State as one of the best quarterbacks in his history. And I'm imagining that's what Wilson's banking on. That even if all of these guys don't hit right away, that some of them will. And that's more. That's sort of what happened last year too. You know, BJ Castile, you know, came up strong late in the year. You know, Shane Illingworth had some moments at least. So it might still be like a. A, a drawn out process of, of identifying this talent and, you know, figuring out where the cream is going to rise to the top. But the fact that they're being so aggressive about it, I think is, is definitely a good sign. Oh, it is like they're going totally for quantity qual and hope and 
not that they're bringing whoever, but it's quantity and then kind of not necessarily over quality, but bring in talent, see what you what you can get because Nevada needs obviously quarterback competition. Date Cox wasn't amazing. Erling, Shane Ellingworth wasn't all that good. Um, they were losing guys too, like like Don Peterson guys on the front defensive line, running backs. Toa Tau is gone, so bring a couple of those guys in, see what they can do. Their biggest losses we mentioned before is Aaron Frost, offensive lineman who got hurt early on in the season. He's leaving the program, unfortunately. And they're losing what three offensive linemen overall. Four wait, one, two, three. Yeah, four offensive linemen overall. Like Grant Stark's going to Oregon State, Frost is going to ASU. So that's gonna be somewhat of a concern or guess a rebuilding situation with depth wise, because losing that many offensive linemen, teams carry probably what twelve, I'm guessing, about there, maybe. So losing mm-hmm. a third of that, that's kind it's kind of a lot. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything else to really add for their losses. We already discussed this like in the prior show, so you can go listen to that, folks. So I don't know what show it was ago, but it's some within the last month. I think it was a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying fairly recently. All right, New Mexico, Danny Gonzalez, offensive staff shakeup, bringing in new coordinators across the board. So that's something to consider for what they getting and losing. Like losing guys like Trey Hall, not a big deal. But their biggest and CJ Montez, not not that big a deal. But losing, geez, that's a lot of guys. I mean, I'm scrolling through. There's, I forgot. They're basically, thoughts. I mean, other, I think Dante Martin still has another year of eligibility. But other than that, I'm pretty sure they're they're having to reset the entire secondary. Yeah, it's not you know, Jarek Hall, of course, left for the NFL. Uh, Ronald Wilson is at Incarnate Word now. Uh, AJ Halsey is at Houston. Houston. AJ Odoms is in the transfer portal. But and and all of that is not good news. But I think the biggest blow is the fact that Cody Moon, their all conference linebacker, you know, not only left, but left in conference to San Diego State. And I think to date, he's probably the biggest, you know, import that any Mountain West team has had from another Mountain West team. Um, but I mean that, but that's not even all. Like, you know, they they've lost they lost Jaden Phillips, you know, Jake Saldenstall. Like th- that defense was their strength last year, and that defense just got gutted by departures Boy, on all fronts. Oh, and Rocky Long too. He's gone. Mm-hmm. So that's and it's here's the thing too. Like New Mexico has like we talked about, they had their player go, they go to TCU to play the national title game. They've had players go and have good careers. Like they can't keep players in town. That's problem. Like they like they bring in good players. Like we've seen, like the guys you mentioned who we lost, Cody Moon, other players who are in the program then gone, like they lose running backs, they lose random receivers or defenders after one year or two years, and they go thrive somewhere else. They gotta figure out how to keep these guys. And they only have six guys coming. They do bring a couple of quarterbacks, which is very much needed. Like Dylan Hopkins might be the biggest guy from UAB, following the OC to come into town. And maybe he could start something to have some at least minimum some consistency. Mm-hmm. But man, it's it's tough when they lose quality players. Their quality players go in like a year and a half later. They're really good at their next school, and it's a better program than where they came in from. That's mm-hmm. one of the issues, like with the portal now. It's like, oh, guys can transfer whatever. You build up a guy in a program, they go somewhere else. That's a very unfortunate, tough situation if your teams aren't very good and trying to convince those guys to stick around. Because there can be guys who, heck, they're they were injured in high school, and that's or that's the only offer they had, or they didn't. They're a part-time player because the guy in front of them was amazing. Because I remember a story like Alex Smith went to the same high school as Reggie Bush. You know what you do when you have Reggie Bush, Matt? You give Reggie Bush the ball every time. 
so we had no, no clue how good Alex Smith really was until he came to Utah. And when the guy was at uh, Brett Elliott got hurt, he came into play. Nobody knew yeah. how good he was. He never threw the ball in high school. And so there could be situations like that where the system's different or you play an option offense in your wide receiver or quarter, some something like along those lines where your playing time is limited or maybe you have a, a growth spurt your first year and you go two and a half inches and 30 pounds. And heck, I'm going to, instead of being 5'11, 200, I'm 6'2, 225, and I'm going to go play somewhere else because I'm a good linebacker now because of my size. Mm-hmm. There's a million reasons, but they got to keep these guys around and guys, they're cut. Players are bringing in are typically, at least this cycle, are all from the lower level outside of uh, Dylan Hopkins and then also um, the other quarterback, David Tapscott from App State. Everybody else is FCS mm-hmm. level. Oh, sorry. Andrew Hendry's from Monroe. I apologize. Yeah. But about half their guys are from lower levels like San Diego, Albany, Alabama State. It's They're in a tough spot. Like the, They're negative incoming players, obviously. The Nets... Net negative and what's coming in. Uh, anything else to add to the Lobos? For my Lobos no, that's pretty much it. It's, <laughs> right, a, it's a rough situation to be in, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Aztecs his new offensive staff, tough. Good? Yes? No? Aztecs? Love it? Like Fresno State, not a ton of movement. You know, obviously losing C.J. Baskerville, their safety is going to hurt. You know, he's gone to Texas Tech. Other than that, though, they didn't really lose any huge pieces that they, didn't, that, that, that they will miss. Let's put it that way. You know, like we knew Will Haskell was going to be going into the portal. He's there. You know, they've lost, you know, some depth pieces, I guess, here and there. But I would imagine that you know Aztec fans are probably not complaining too much because one they brought in Cody Moon from New Mexico and more yeah. recently they also brought in you know a former four-star defensive lineman from Oklahoma State as well uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly the first time Semua you got it Chui Halamaka perfect that sounds every value say you got it <laughs> yeah I've been watching Young Rocks, and they see all the Hawaiian names, so I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, so you know what I what I wrote in my in my winners and losers column for the Aztecs in particular, you know, for sometimes the transfer portal is about quality more than quantity, and I think that that is something that San Diego State has excelled at. And you know, the nice thing for the Aztecs is that they don't necessarily need to lean on the transfer portal as as much as other teams in the conference because they just they traditionally recruit as well as anybody in the conference as well. So. You know, they they have the luxury of, of sort of being able to pick and choose a little bit of of what they need what they need to get from it without necessarily being overly reliant on it. And that I think is gonna is what's going to ultimately keep them competitive in the long run, and especially for 2023. Yeah, that's what you would think. Like what they have for returning, like one thing they should have got freaking running back, because that's a problem at the moment, right? <laughs> And yeah, that could be fixed either by better offensive line play or just better running backs. And that's something not yet addressed. And maybe that could be after spring when they're going through their players they have, see if they can uh, do something productive. So that's one area where I'd look for them to maybe add at least one more guy in the portal. 
of that May period. So, all right, San Jose mm-hmm. State. Uh, those are a punter. Sorry, he's just a first-day minor. Travis Benham's gone. Um, for their losses, any nothing. Isaiah Hamilton's the biggest loss, obviously. Yeah. Overall, going. I didn't realize who. How many? Wait, how many mountainous guys are going to Washington State now? You got Josh Kelly, Isaiah uh, Hamilton, three. and Kyle Williams. Who's the other one? They're gonna like Washington State. It's gonna be the freaking Pac-12 team. Do they still have Cam Ward there? Is he still their QB? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, dang, I better watch them. Pac-12 play Utes. That's that's a that's a pretty big haul for them for Washington State coming and taking them out. The West wide receivers are all really good because yeah. Hamilton was the best receiver in the com- not conference, excuse me, for the Spartans, and with Shavon Cordero. So that's a big loss there. Um, nothing else too crazy. Everybody else is just kind of ho hum guys leaving the program. Yeah, and I think you know they've definitely done well to bring in you know if not necessarily high profile names, then uh, you know definitely names that can shore up exactly what they need. You know, case in point, you know they brought in Jay Butterfield, quarterback from Oregon, to give them some you know, potential you know depth behind Siobhan Cordero at that position. But I think more interestingly, they also brought in a pair of running backs, you know, Quali Conley from Utah Tech who ran for nearly a thousand yards last year. And then more recently, they also brought in Isaiah Afonso from Montana state who, you know, if you don't recall, he's the, he was the program's all-time leading rusher hmm. for the Bobcats. And so you have to it's think that either one of those guys can, can combine with Kyrie Robinson to, to finally, you know, help, get you know over their sort of long-standing running game issues yes that's why i was looking at too bringing two running backs because it's it's every every game this past year if the running game gets going well with um i don't remember the running back is the moments offseason mode sort of but just knowing that okay robinson yes that's him correct i think about it but that's the thing they get more challenged more depth because quarterbacks fought really good Kevin cordero passing game i know those isaiah hamilton but they still seem to throw the ball to the guys out there. So maybe these two guys from Montana State and Utah Tech can come to make a play. That would be a pretty big deal. And if they mm-hmm. get pretty good running back play above average, that'll go a long way to help this team. And then they bring in a linebacker from Cal, Henry. Oh boy, my turn now, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Ika Hia Fo. That's not right. I could I know that stuff. I apologize to the to that family. That's not right at all. Ikahia Ifo is probably more proper, I'm guessing. But linebacker, they need that for losing all the defenders, seeing as they say it is this, this upcoming year. So mm-hmm. it's always good to get more depth in that position. So UNLV, their biggest loss is it? Is it who would you say, Kyle Williams or Aiden Robinson? Who's the bigger loss there? Aiden Robinson, I'm guessing. Well, I mean, you're you're overlooking Leaf Beltanu, their center, and Noel Williams, their top cornerback, too. Okay, they lose everybody. I, Okay, I'm not saying they. I mean, they're they're. I think I mean, I'm they, the offensive guy. Remember, I speak offense all the time. <laughs> I honestly forgot Noel Williams is the poor rival. I didn't miss. I he's going to Cal, but that's a lot of losses for a team that was pretty close to being all eligible. And part of it, Matt, as we know, new coaching staff, so players are going to leave. Yeah, exactly. But Aiden Robbins is on his third school, and so that's tough. Louisville. UNLV and I'll be BYU. We had Kyle Williams, another Washington State guy, Noah Williams DeCal, and then I mean Arizona State's also picking off the mountains players. What's their third or fourth guy we've discussed going to ASU? 
Is this something yeah, like that? Actually, now that I think too, about it. Too many. Does anybody want to come to UNLV? Did anybody want to come because Bobby Petrino came for a hot second? Or any players got locked in because of Petrino? <laughs> well, they okay, so they have been aggressive about bringing a lot of guys in, though. They have a couple guys from Arkansas with Barry, with yeah. Barry Odom. They got with J- Jalen St. John and then uh, Jackson Woodward, offense lineman and linebacker, respectively. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they got about, what, almost 10 guys here in the portal? Missouri State, yeah. that's a very very uh, – no, that's a – hey, that – that might be a Petrino guy. Just saying, was he wasn't he the head coach of Missouri State? Yes, the kicker. Okay, Jose Pizano is sticking around for now. Well, they and they needed somebody to replace Daniel Gutierrez. Definitely, he's a very good kicker. So yeah, def, have to have him. But also, they, they, also you know, they brought... picked up. They also picked up Jack Has from Buffalo, who I would imagine is probably going to be the front runner to to replace Faltano. So it it isn't the greatest situation. You know, having lost as many starters as the Rebels did early in the offseason. They got Doug Brumfield still. Done, yeah, and, and they've done well to make up for that, too. Yeah, they've been reasonably... For what they've been going through, coaching change, they didn't lose a huge mass exodus. They lost, mm-hmm. they lost four key players, obviously. But it's not yeah. like they lost... What did Nevada lose last year? 20 players or something? Something like that, yeah. Way too many when Ken Wilson came in, but this is a lot. Their quality is gone, and so it's going to be tough for this next upcoming year for what they could do with a Barry Odom there as a new head coach. But they're they clearly they lost more than what they got back. I think the hope is that maybe Vincent Davis from Pitt could come in and replace Aiden Robbins on some level, or these guys like I mentioned, guys from Buffalo coming in or. Kickers are bringing up. Also brought the Fresno kicker Andre Miano is coming in town as well. So mm. yeah, we'll see. Utah State. Oh, Speaking man. of been losing a lot more than they gained. Good boy, Utah State. Okay, they gained three players. We'll start there. They brought in a tight or not tight. Excuse me, linebacker from Washington State and Gavin Barthol, which Aggies are losing some defenders. Colby Bowman, wide receiver, will come in from Stanford. Which okay, Stanford, whatever, and then. um Blown Matali, a DB from Utah who never saw the field. So we'll see how that works out. But three in and oh boy, what, 15 out? That sounds about right. He's I mean, it, numbers next to Bob scrolling. It's a lot. I mean, a lot. and a lot of it is on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of that is in the trenches in particular. Like, you know, they, they lost Tavian Coleman, Daniel Gershak, uh, Byron Vaughns, Patrick Joyner, you know, Philip Paya recently entered, Orion Peoples recently entered. That's like, what, five names I just rattled off? It's a lot. Adding up. Is there a problem in Logan that I'm not aware of? Um, my bold, one, one a bold prediction right now, Blake Anderson won't be the coach in 24. I'll tell you that for one reason or another. So there's a... You know, there's a lawsuit going on against the school and everything with players mm-hmm. and coach. So, just saying, there's there's things going on there. Um, did you also not see how the season went this year? Versus Weber That's State true. versus Alabama, getting their butt kicked and then racing back to being bowl eligible and then losing to Memphis pretty badly. Um, there could be a combination of all of those, of playing time, losing, and then – just there are some turmoil within the program. Mm-hmm. So, but they losing lots of guys like 
guys like I mentioned, Cincinnati, Kansas, BYU, and a bunch of guys are still TBD at the moment. So we don't know where they're going. But isn't um wasn't Cobb leaving too? I thought. Yeah, he's a he's in the NFL draft. Oh, NFL draft. Okay, sorry, I thought he was a portal. Yeah. Guy, so. But then, on, but then on top of that, I think, you know, maybe the most telling departure is that of Waylon Lapuajo, who was one of their starting offensive linemen all year long, was one of the few young offensive linemen that I think was expected to be a cornerstone of the unit, especially since, you know, Alfred Edwards is moving on. I believe Jacob South was also moving on. So, like, they were already going to be, you know, moving on from a couple of veteran guys. And instead, Lapuajo, you know, he enters the transfer portal, and if I remember correctly, like two days later, ended up at BYU. Sounds about right. That to me seems like that to me seems like a big problem. Yeah, that is a big problem. They, there is stuff going to state. I don't expect them to be amazing this next year, and so I think guys are getting out while they can get out. That's my thought. All right, last school on the list: Wyoming Cowboys. This was not last year's portal where everybody wanted to leave Craig Bull because he was being a iron fist guy. I think that's loosened up a little bit from what we've been told or heard. But what the biggest loss is Oluwasi uh, uh, Amatasho, right? Amatasho? Am I saying that right? I mean, Oluwasi. you're probably right about that. The name or him being the top player to be gone. I don't know which oh. one is better. <laughs> oh. Yes. I, I get perfect. I hate him come in. I, I hate it when guys like first year guys come in and Young guys like, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere big. And he's going to a solid program, Oregon State, which if I want to give another bold prediction, non-Mountain West related, Oregon State is going to win the Pac-12. Could be a, a thing that that could be a real thing. Just saying. Okay. But they lose like Josh Cobbs to Houston. They lose some depth here, but nothing. Cam Stone a little bit. We already talked about him for a moment earlier about Hawaii. They need that secondary. But overall, I don't think they've lost the quality is not like a big loss for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But bring as you as we mentioned, bringing in players, Matt, just two guys, nothing spectacular. Yeah, I mean they they got to shore up a little bit of the running back depth with Harrison Whaley, who again also has some previous experience as a starter. But yeah, as of right now, it just seems like the Cowboys have more work to do. They always do with Craig Bull there. It's like they just need what I Matt, I, I'm noticing here they did not bring in a um the position that throws the football like quarterback. Is that not a priority for this team? Well, they did they did uh bring in a true freshman. I know. So I mean, they, they, they maybe okay. less of a need for a transfer quarterback than than there might have been last year. Okay, that's fine. I hear you. Just making sure I'm make sure I'm missing it. I'm just saying, like they that's a position that has been of need for many years. Mm-hmm. Any portal stuff to add, or are we done with the portal talk here? There's lots of stuff going on. I think we're pretty much wrapped up with the portal stuff for right now. All right. Do you have at least a couple bull predictions that you're willing to t- discuss? <laughs> uh, you're you're really going to make me do this, or do we need to wait for another show so we can think about it more? <laughs> I might need to. I might need a little more time to marinate. Let's do that. I'll give. I, I gave a couple of teas for mine. I'll give more details down the road. I mentioned my Blake Anderson's a big one that I kind of tossed out there. So maybe people forget. I'll elaborate more. Um, I don't want to give too many because I don't want people not to listen next time. Um, I really want to say there's a team that could go to a New York Six game, but I'm not confident in that just because of 
talent lost within the conference, but there could be one team, maybe two. But let's save it for next time. We already gone an hour, and this is a lot of this shows a lot of a uh, brain racking for portal stuff. So a lot of names going out there that people are like. Wait, who's this? What's this going on? So let's do a net. It's just give us time for another show, man. We'll give us more time to expound and have maybe some more silly bold predictions as we get toward February. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. Does that sound, is that fair to you? Even though I, I know yes. you don't like doing predictions nine months ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, be, let's go ahead be, and roll with that. We'll do that in other times. So, all right, so MWR.com, check out all of our stuff. Subscribe to this show. If you have, if you listen all this way and never subscribe, what, what are you doing? Just follow whatever the nomenclature is to subscribe or follow to a podcast. Just do it. And we'll be back. We're doing about once a week during the offseason. And again, this is all football and, and nonsense slash football down the road as well. So we'll be back next time and just check your feed in about a week. And MWCY and Twitter is a great place to find everything we do as well. Or just screw around and have some more fun there as well.